This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, obviously, guys, sorry about today. And, you know, we, we were pretty much ready to go. Then the news broke. It just just didn't feel right. And maybe just wasn't that time. Um, appreciate everybody who uh, you know, took, took out the, uh, the five-minute segment in insane number. I think maybe it broke you know, our host site megaphone. Um, tough day for everybody. Um, but look, we got work to do. We got obviously big news to discuss. Uh, your host, Jeff Lloyd from Browns Maven through SI.com. Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, I, I guess, you know, obviously, you know, you, you can't, Jimmy Haslam gave you his word. He sat down. He said, we're going to do a long, thorough, exhausting search at the head coaching spot, at the general manager spot. And for a lot of people, the tea, tea leaves red right off the bat. Stefanski, Josh McDaniels, perhaps Andrew Berry's general manager. That's something that could have been wrapped up in a week. Obviously, you had to wait till Kevin Stefanski was available. But you put it in. You did the due diligence. You took your time. You made sure you looked everywhere. And... Pete, I don't care if the the point of how the direction of this franchise is, is we're going to take three guys, whether analytical, whether football guys, whether they're three Joe Schmoes off a freaking bar stool and say, our plan from now on is we're going to put an idea on the board and we're going to blindfold everybody. And if we get two out of three darts that hit it, this is the direction we're going to go. Just show me there's a plan. Show me there's a unified front about the way things are going to be done it doesn't necessarily matter which way it's going to be this way does seem pretty good however but like our buddy ryan burns says show me w's it doesn't matter the method have everybody on the same freaking page and let it marinate for a couple of seasons well it all it all boils down to whether they're win or not and that's fine I, i don't have any issue with the people who are basically saying you know, whether they liked this, you know, hiring group or they didn't um, to basically boil down to, well, prove it. I mean, that's, that's fine. That's at least a real thing as opposed to the people who are, you know, fighting against it tooth and nail uh, who don't seem to know much of anything about why they would hire these people or not. Um, I, I don't buy the, you know, some conspiracy to get to a predetermined uh, outcome, given the fact that, you know, in the head coaching search, Dee Podesta was one of four people, and then the GM search, he was one of five people. Um, you know, going into this, you had Chris Cooper, uh, the vice president of football management, who was hired under Dorsey, uh, and ownership was predisposed to liking Josh McDaniels. Um, you know, somehow, some way, you know, whether it was a, you know, a, a simple majority vote or if everybody came around to the Stefanski train, I don't know. Um, but then, obviously, you know, when Stefanski was, um, if, if Stefanski was high on George Payton, um, you know, that's one more theoretical obstacle on that and at least reportedly and and this could be making it sound um you know making it sound better than than it 
truly was. Uh, you know, obviously Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports is saying it was unanimous that they loved Barry and they liked him better than Peyton. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I find that very they, – they interviewed eight candidates for the head coaching job, and the idea that this was like some massive – you know, set up to hire Stefanski. They didn't, wouldn't have gone to all that trouble. They, they didn't need to, um, you know, and, and there were three finalists for that job uh, between McDaniels, uh, Stefanski and uh, George and uh, Robert Sala, uh, the 49ers DC. And now, you know, again, like Barry, Barry wasn't the easy hire. He was, you know, he, he's the, uh, historic hire, honestly, and and even though the Browns do have familiarity with him, um, he's the youngest GM in the NFL. I, I don't know if he's the youngest in history, but he's got to be damn close if he's not. Uh, and he's an African American. And and off the top of my head, I think there's only one other GM in the league right now that's African American. I'm pretty sure there's only two. Yes. Um, so you know, it's a big deal from that front. The idea that you know, that, and this was obviously not limited to the Browns, but obviously we heard all this crap uh, when they were the only ones left about how, you know, why aren't, aren't teams hiring Eric Bieniemy as if that was the guy to put, you know, all your, uh, all your eggs in that particular basket, which I think was a, is a major mistake. And they hire the historic African-American candidate to be the GM um, and arguably the more powerful, uh, you know, point of view on multiple fronts, the idea that it's, you know, it's not just sort of the leader of men type, it's the, you know, the, the intelligent guy that has to plan everything out and, and the, the obstacles that have, that have had to be beaten on that front, um, you know, before it was the black quarterback that, could, you know, couldn't do it. It was the black linebacker that couldn't do it. And then, you know, Willie Lanier comes in and he's a Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. Uh, it's just, you know, one more, uh, you know, hurdle that has been overcome in a way that, that is meaningful. And I think uh, that that's sort of getting missed here just because there are people who are, who are already annoyed at the whole 131 thing and missing, missing everything that goes along with that. Yeah. And, and this is part of, you know, anything I'm saying is look is, you know, it's funny because everybody puts Andrew Barry and congratulations to Andrew Barry, obviously. Everybody puts everything Sashi related on Andrew Barry. When he was here for the entire 2018 season, for whatever role he played or however much his word was valued, he was here for that entire season. And everybody who wants to speak about John Dorsey loves to talk about the 2018 draft. Well, in that scenario, you give everybody who was involved a good job. If you love it, you you feel everybody did a good job. And so there's that aspect of it. Um Things that ring clear to me, the moment that, you know, maybe Philadelphia realized that, you know, well, if John Dorsey's not using these analytical guys, I have no problem bringing Andrew Barry in here to a higher position. And Charles Robinson, again, if you guys if you did check out the, tr- the thread from, uh, you know, Charles Robinson from U- Yahoo, A number one, Charles is really good at what he does. He works really hard and he's really in touch and in tune with things. Go ahead and check it out. He definitely shed some light here and there were some things me and Pete tried to tell you last week, but you know, maybe you'll give it some more credence if it comes from Charles, I guess. And, you know, and what Philadelphia did was come here. What were you doing over there? Okay. Well, let's let you do a little more here. And, you know, well, you know, 
and uh, whether or not they thought, holy crap, within a, you know less than a calendar year, they were going to lose him. Eleven, I guess I think it's eleven months. Actually, it's eleven months and two two days to, to the day that he went there because he showed up there in late February. I believe it was February twenty fifth. So you know, Andrew got to go hone his skills, do some different things, improve himself. And and the thing that it, I really admire about Andrew Barry is, you graduate from Harvard, and you do really well at Harvard. I mean, your life, your career is pretty much set for you. You also do that while you're an athlete. You're even more. I mean, you have this fraternity of former Harvard and all of these Ivy League schools where you just start putting your resume out to where, obviously, you know, whatever it's, you know, auction houses, it's, you know, st- you know stockbrokers firms. And, oh, oh, I know that name. I-, I saw Andrew play on homecoming. Wow, he was a 4.1 student at Harvard. I mean, he... he he essentially took the hard road. And like you mentioned, the second African-American general manager in the NFL currently that that, to go that route, to get this gig was the hard route. He could easily be making a million dollars a year on wall street or whatever Avenue who chose to go, you know, chose to, you know, roadie chose to go down due to the fact that he was a Harvard grad and he was an athlete. And it's just, you know, he chose what was going to be maybe the most difficult path for career success. And he slated along the way. And uh, obviously, and the other thing that came out from Charles Robinson was, is there was already kind of Andrew Berry doing homework on Kevin Stefanski when he'd already been through the interview process here twice with the Cleveland Browns, whether it was an offense coordinator role, whether it was for a head coaching role. And now it finally all meshed up now. And, you know, maybe if it all got sold to Jimmy and it was, hey, this is something we were looking to get into two years ago. We tried to get this going last year. Let's really try this. And, you know, this is whether it's Paul DePodesta and whatever his word means is this faction of me, him, him, and some others. And look, you know, where it is now, we'll figure all the rest out of it post-draft because that's when the changes will start to happen. Let this ride. And look, at the end of the day, Jimmy is a business guy. And, you know, and one of his problems is, is when he looks at things as being a football guy, that's where he gets his ass in trouble. If you show him things and show it to him from a business front. It makes it easier for him to understand the key is going to be here. And like, it's always going to be with this franchise with Jimmy is you cannot, you've got to give it the ample time. Obviously you're further down the road now than you've been in years past, but you've got to give it the appropriate time to marinate bake. And I think when you gave Barry a five-year contract and you gave Stefanski a five-year contract, I think Jimmy's showing some faith. And look, he's always been quick enough. You don't mind paying people anyway. But I think some shows some faith in we're going to let these guys go to work and let's see some results. Well, I mean, the thing with Haslam is he, the thing he needs to avoid doing is going and finding 25 outside opinions. He needs to listen to the people he's hired and uh, believe in those people because if he does what he's done in the past, he – ends up, you know, second guessing and, and all these things, listening to people he didn't hire rather than people he did. And he got himself into uh, making uh, messes in the organization or, or, or acting irrationally and doing things that were just stupid. Um, so I, I'm hoping that the fact that they've gone all in on this, means they'll, they'll listen to the people he's actually hired so he can believe in them. And I'm hoping that's part of the reason that he's, you know, he's going to be 
more involved in sort of understanding what's going on. I know a lot of people are assuming that uh, um, that means he's going to like do stuff. All that it seems like all he wants to do is sort of understand what they're doing, which great. That would to me encourage the idea that he'd be more bought into what they're doing and not feel the need to do those things. So uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm excited about it. You've got uh, easily the you know the youngest uh, sort of group in the NFL now. Where there's you know 69 years between them uh, with Barry at 32 and Stefanski at 37. Um, and if they can stick with it, uh, nice. they, they could, you know, theoretically be on the cutting edge on, on multiple fronts, which would be nice. Um, they flirted with this, uh, you know, at times with like the Osweiler trade and some things, but hopefully they, they figure this thing out and, uh, it, you know, keep it. And, and with this younger regime, and this is part of it where maybe, you know, and you're getting away from it in the polar opposite of John Doris, the polar opposite of a lot of what NFL franchises are doing with 32, with 37 years old between your general manager, your head coach, hopefully you're making it easier to sit down with your talent, with your players, understand what they're going through and, you know, help them, which in turns, which in turn helps you stick around for a long time as a general manager, helps you stick around for a long time as a head coach. It's, Really hard for a 60-plus-year-old NFL head coach to relate to a 21, even, I mean, you're talking now 20. I mean, some of these guys in these draft in this draft this year are absolute babies. You're talking 40 years. These guys are older than their fathers. It's really hard to relate. It's really hard to talk. And it doesn't matter, you know, the background of the kid or the ethnicity or where he grew up, whether he grew up rich or whether he grew up poor. It's such a vast difference I mean, you're talking about kids that have had the, the internet and, you know, Wi-Fi on their, their entire lives, as opposed to, you know, older folks using Tom Coughlin as an example, who, you know, barely know what a cell phone is. It, it, it just makes, hopefully, for a more unified front, from front office to head coach, to the locker room, where everybody kind of understands each other a little bit better and can relate a little bit better. It's a it's a plan in place, and what I love about it most is it's unified. We're going to get to a little bit more here on this. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on Locked On Browns. Guys, gals, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you or he were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved Active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who cannot perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Some of you aren't happy with the hire. If Monday night's your night with your missus or missus if it's your night with a man, if he's not happy about it, you're going to need a reason for him to get happy about it. If you're really excited about it, guys, this is the chance to be really, really excited about it tonight. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Guys, don't you want to be there for her? She wants to be there for you. Make it happen. They're made in the USA. 
And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB, all caps. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code MLB, all caps, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for their sponsorship of the podcast. Now, Pete, you know, a, a couple of things here, and I, I guess, you know, we, we can talk a couple of players, you know, like roster-related and things like that. Now, obviously, the video that came out of today, Kareem Hunt, I mean, look, guys, it's not – I try to say this all the time is – and this is kind of what analytics is, and, and Pete and tries to preach it all the time, is it's making the best decisions with the information you have at hand. Look, whether or not – I think you can – you can tender Kareem Hunt wherever you want to right now. I don't think anybody team's going any team's going to come calling. Obviously, Kareem is in a tough spot in his life. He looks, you know, I tried to say it maybe coming back home wasn't the best situation for him. I mean, his mom's car, apparently his brother's stuff, whatever the situation may be, sometimes it's better to be away from family. It gives yourself a better chance of success. But Pete, when you're taking all the situate all the information at hand and trying to make the most educated decisions you can which is what this is all shaping up to be guys who are off field issues. This is something that gets factored in and it's going to cost. And especially for everybody who says, Oh, well, if Kareem's here and you get a full season of him, you get a thousand total yards. And in addition to whatever Nick gives you, what a fantastic situation, but you need to weigh in that availability aspect. And it's not injury guys that you know that is what it is it's a whole different factor you base that all on medicals but when a guy's you know he was questionable about what you know, whatever he his teen years were which led to whatever college he went to obviously you know there was the incident we all know about in Kansas City there was another incident that you know was supposedly existed then you know obviously just a little flare up after Higgins things like Higgins thing last year but what still if you if police are showing up and you're there that's not good now you get this latest one after we saw a guy who looked into it, looked re, looked invigorated, looked reborn for eight games, was really excited just to be a football player and playing the game again. But here it is, no football now, and he's having a hard time coping with whatever his life is until football comes back. But all of this adds up, and it makes for a really difficult decision because if everybody thinks, okay, well, you have him for 16 games, he's capable of 1,000 yards, 7, 8 touchdowns, however you want to use him, he's a great weapon. If you don't have him, that you're saying he's a huge weapon, you don't have him. Now what do you do? Because you're investing in him. Is he investing in you? Um. So, yeah, I mean, the situation looks worse. Once we actually have some information with it, um, cops seem to be trying to do him a favor, uh, which you can, you know, debate. Yeah, I don't know how that's that going to work out for that cop, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he um, admits on video he wouldn't pass a drug test, which is, isn't great. Um, I have gotten any number of people informing me that how, how neatly and tidily he put the booze away in the back of the car which isn't really the issue. The issue is that the dude was in alcohol counseling and he's got an open container in his car. Um, That, you know, that, that, that's not where you want to be with this. Um, 
Yeah, nothing about that video is good. I mean, he's sitting there bemoaning how it's everybody else's fault, uh, among other things, you know, talking about how he should be in the Super Bowl and all this stuff. Well, nobody made you do any of the stuff that, that got you cut out of Kansas City from the incident in the Cleveland hotel room to stuff at put in bay to lying to the team about it, et cetera. Um, so it's, it's illuminating and, and dis- disturbing. Um, this is why I was hoping the Browns would, would get to a point where they could trade him. Cause I, I just, his, his track record with decision-making, particularly when it involves alcohol is atrocious. Um, uh, but it puts the bronze in a tough spot because, you know, you've got a brand new coach, brand new GM, which they w- didn't officially announce today, likely in part because that video dropped, uh, that now have to make a decision in a little bit over a month on whether that, what, what they're going to do with him uh, as far as tendering him or not tendering him or if they do tender him, what they plan to do with him at that point. Um, at the very least, Kareem Hunt has made himself uh, that much cheaper to get uh, in terms of, you know, paying, paying a contract to him, you know, he's, he's making it impossible for him to ever get any real money, um, which, you know, for the people who are basically like taking this pragmatic view of, well, sign him because, you know, he costs nothing and it's worth the risk. Meanwhile, the, the, the organization has to decide if they want to use hunt to sort of send a message that they're not, doing what Dorsey did and that this stuff is actually important to them. Um, And to that point, you know, letting him walk to essentially make sure that everybody understands what's going on with, with this organization now, Um, you know, wanting more reliable, accountable football players in their locker room and understanding that, you know, it is a business and you are who you hire um, at any level. So, uh, the, the timing is awful as far as the video goes. Um, ultimately, this thing sort of, unless the NFL announces something with it, um, is probably going to sort of disappear for a month. Um, but uh, it's it's bad. I mean, it's it's bad in a lot of things, and it's just one more reason I I couldn't be happier that John Dorsey is no longer a part of this organization because he king of the shortcut that all ultimately backfires. This is another one. Yeah, well, I mean, in, I mean, look, you know, one red flag, I mean, it's one of those, all right, you know, maybe, and you try to say, oh, transgression to youth, and sometimes kids are idiots, we've all been there, but it keeps adding up, and, you know, and exactly where Pete mentions decision-making, look, Kareem's father's been popped for marijuana. Obviously, Kareem knows his brother smokes. Whatever, you know. So why in the world, even still, what – whether you believe his brother was in that car or what, why are you getting in there? If you know your brother's a weed head, what the hell are you getting in the car for? Nobody cares about Kareem Hunt's brother and what happens to him as far as his career. You are the only one with somewhat something to lose. And as I said the other day, when we first started talking about this, even what Kareem did that got him, you know, obviously released by the Kansas city chiefs for what he served this first eight game suspension for in 2019. He still had a chance to go collect 20, $30 million in this league. And now here he is a week ago in this situation. It, why am I going to gamble on you 
if you can't gamble on yourself and stay the hell away from police, alcohol, you know, I mean, you've got to be better than this. And, you know, I, 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 yes, I am older, but playing in the NFL, it's not right. You know, you've got to, it's not even towing the line because you can lead. I mean, you can be a member of the NFL and smoke weed for about five months out of the year. I mean, some of these guys is 10 months, but you've got to be clean at certain points. And these are the guys you get nervous about and it just makes it difficult. It's great if you're the 50th or the 51st or the 52nd or 53rd guy on the roster. But if you're going to be an integral piece, no, it's just not a gamble I'm going to take. It's not a hand I'm going to play. If you want to use the pokeries, I'm just not going to go that route. It's just too big of a headache, and it becomes too big of a loss. And even everybody, oh, well, he's a little bit cheaper now. Who the hell cares what you're paying him? If he's not available, he's not available, and that's what the problem is. I mean, I don't care if he makes $6 million or $2 million. If he's suspended for half the season or for four games for a month, who the freak cares? He's doing you wrong, and that's the thing. And now he does not have his essential, you know, Godfather looking over him and John Dorsey, who brought him here after the transgressions in Kansas City. So, and if these guys are all intelligent people not running this, it's why are we going to do this with him? Which leads us to this carryover. Pete, this may be good for us. One thing we've campaigned for for a long time. And I remember early in the infancy when I was doing this show, and one of the first questions we had in one of the first couple episodes, Pete, Joe Schober's a really good player. Doesn't seem like many people talk about Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert finished the 2017 season, played in the Pro Bowl. Now, if you're looking as far as, you know, what are we bringing in here? What are we extending? And let me just get this one in here real quick. Everybody with the, you want to equate Andrew Barry to Sashi Brown. Oh, he's going to trade out of 10. Da, 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 ignore the tackle position. They paid Kevin Zeitler a hefty amount of money. They went and signed J.C. Shredder. So if Andrew Barry's pick and choose how you're going to do this. So he's going to ignore the tackle position, but yet he was also part of a regime that paid a right guard a lot of money and paid a center a lot of money. So there's that one. But Pete, I mean, Joe Schobert, this, it, A, still could come down to money, but, you know, obviously Andrew Barry was part of those that brought him in here. Paul D. Podesta, you know, if it's going to be more, you know, obviously he likes linebackers who are active in coverage, obviously, or at least that's what he's familiar with. This should hopefully bode well for Joe's chances for sticking around. Well, at the very least, it's a it sort of clears the room of what was becoming a you know a toxic relationship um, between Schobert and the Browns, and specifically Dorsey. Um, I think it also helps with somebody like David Njoku. Theoretically, it could also help with um, with with a guy like Richard Higgins. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there, but you know, I think if ultimately you know the Browns come calling and say we're you know we're interested, he's at least willing to listen at this point. Where I think if it was the same people who were running the show last year, you know, that's he just ignores the call entirely. Um, so I think that helps. Obviously. Uh, with Andrew Barry, he's got skin in the game with some of these guys, and I think that helps. I think that you know that that is not a a a, a bad reason to hire him is that you know he does have some of that where he's not likely to um, 
hate uh, immediately hate uh, some of the you know the, the, the roster and want to completely destroy it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think those things help. And and to me, I think I think the hire of Andrew Barry and I, I think Stefanski probably helps. And if ultimately you get Joe Woods, I think that's also a step in the direction to Joe Schobert. And and you know, I don't know you know, what, what ultimately the money is going to look like at this point. Um, it's hard to know. Uh, but, but I do think that certainly helps with him. Yeah, it, it, well, let's put it this way. It doesn't hurt. And, um, you know, we'll see when the communication lines, if, when do get open. Um, and the other thing is, is as a new regime, you want to be able to at least kind of hit the ground running. Um, you, you don't, you certainly want to improve upon six and 10 with what you have in house. So, you know, you're certainly going to want to step up from there. Um, question will be, you know, the questions we're going to be looking at going forward is, you know, how active in free agency will you be, you know, uh, you know, are you going to start looking for, you know, then we'll start looking for fullbacks, tight ends, some things that are going to be different, you know, as far as what we've been accustomed to here in a couple of years in the past, Obviously, how they're going to ha- handle the draft, you know, is it Pete? This is probably where this is going to be good for you, my friend. It's probably going to be good for you where you take your draft philosophies of, all right, let me watch the tape. Okay, now let's move on further. Okay, let's break down the numbers here. Let's look at the production. Let's look at the athleticism. And we get a nice blend of everything for, guess what, guys? Keyword to make the best educated decision. Pete, this might be pretty good for you. Well, it's given what I've seen um, from competition, so so we say. Um, yeah. Uh, so one of the weird misconceptions I've run into lately is this idea that, like, it's a war between data and film. Like, as somebody who actually looks at this, these things and values them, I don't like. I don't say one matters more than the other. I just look for guys with good film. I look for guys that that are productive and athletic, and those are the guys I want. And when you're reducing your board to like 130 some, you know, 150 or whatever it is, you know, the, the teams don't have don't go into don't go into draft 365 guys <laughs> yeah they, they just don't do that they have like a hundred and some odd guys that they've they've targeted so for me uh and we'll see you know how the browns do it uh, with with this group for me it's hey the data like looks good on this kid the film looks good on this kid hey we should probably learn more about him and you can find out if he's a dipshit or if he's been arrested or all these other things and, you know the medical and all those all those things that matter and then you put those guys on your board and you rank them accordingly. And ultimately, even if the numbers look great, chances are you're going to rank them based on the tape. I mean, uh, you know, like Miles Garrett, you know, obviously was numerically ridiculous, but there were other guys that put up crazy numbers in college and you had, you put on the tape and you decided which one was best. I mean, that's, that's just sort of the deal. I, I don't, there's there's always guys that will have crazy data that you're not looking at until like round six or seven because the tape is not a finished product or there's some obvious hole. I mean, Sione Takitaki is a great example of that. 
on, on data, his athletic testing, his production was phenomenal, uh, both as a edge player and then, uh, you know, as, an, as a linebacker. But you watch the tape and you can clearly see the guy has issues with coverage. Uh, in addition to the fact he just hasn't done it very much. So you have to – it's all important. This idea that it's, you know, one or the other is, is insane. Um, and another example, uh, Jalen Hurd, who was the running back from Tennessee, who ended up being the wide receiver from Baylor. And, and another one of these things is equating age into these things, guys, because, you know, you're when you're talking about an athlete, you know, when you're talking about a guy who's 23 years old and this, it's, it, this is this is going to be interesting with this draft class because it's like it's like babies and it's kind of like guys who are old enough to babysit them. Um, you got some old, really, really old guys, and you got some guys who, you know, who are going to play an entire NFL season before they legally can have an alcoholic drink. Um, so, but also, you know, when you're banking, when you're looking at somebody who's 20, it's, hey, maybe he's not all that way there yet. Prime example, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Body's not all the way there yet. Um, but everything you can do on the field pans the hell out. And then you look at some of these wide receivers who are, you know, going to be 23 years old by the time they draft them. Well, he's already able. He's he runs a four six mid four sixes. Well, he's not going to get any faster at at his age. A guy at twenty, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's a little slender. A little slender. Yeah, guess what? Uh, good chance in a you know whether it's six months, eight months, sixteen months, kid can put on ten to fifteen pounds of muscle. Like this is all stuff you equate into it, and it's a it's so much more than the old days of you know. And you and uh, no way knocking Sione Taki Taki here if he's using the right way. He's a good asset. But you can see where a guy like John Dorsey watched the tape and said, oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, buddy boy. I mean, you can see it where it's the motors there and it's the physicality. And if you go back to training camp last year, and me and Pete talked about this almost on a daily basis, it was, okay, who did Sione Taki Taki get into a fight with today at practice? But it does not the whole package, especially in the era that you're playing at the linebacker position. You have to chase down some tight ends. You're going to have to chase down some running backs. It's the way the game works here now. And, you know, you need the right mix of guys who understand where the game is at this day and age, but it's going to say, well, can he do this? Can he do this? You know, if you're going to have these guys who can only do this, they're day three, possibly even late day three. If there's only one thing they can bring you, that's how it works. And that's why you want to have these guys. And even if you maybe didn't see it, then the gamble is, well, does the athleticism say he can maybe do it? And that's stuff you're putting into it. We're going to get to a close here in a second here. Zabo Apparel, you guys know how I feel about him. Great guys. Uh, I'm sorry, great family. Great product. Uh, ZaboApparel.com. Zabo Apparel on Twitter. You guys are looking for Browns gear. Zabo Apparel is where you got to go. But Pete, it's this is where we talk about it. It's, it's got to be a blend of everything and again, it's using everything available. And, you know, Sione Takitaki was probably, we, we know it was a really good John Dorsey pick, but you're not necessarily sure he would have, where he would have fallen, and it probably wouldn't have been where he was selected under an analytical lens. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, well, it remains to be seen if, 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 if it works out. Obviously, one of the guys who's still in the building uh, loved that pick. Uh, seemed to be the, the the driving force there, Elliot Wolf. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, that that's 
it comes down to you still have to decide where you value these guys. It's not like a computer printout tells you what to what to do. Um, it was you know I didn't think it it would go that early um, with Taki Taki, but you know I, I certainly understood why. Uh, I remember him, you, we were speaking well of him after the combine. I remember he was one of the guys we highlighted. Yeah, I mean, look, he again, he he his production was insane uh, on 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 everything, and then he tested out of his mind like those are the guys you want to bet on he was like the reverse Jannard Avery like he ended up going you know from edge to linebacker where Jannard went from linebacker to edge right and and you know obviously they they have high hopes for him coming into this year and and if he can if he can pay that off he could be a a big time player and and if you know obviously the, the dream for me was if they can re-sign Taki Taki, I mean uh, Schobert, and move him to Will and put Taki Taki at Mike, uh, that would be great to me. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, if you know, in the scheme they're 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 going to go with uh, Taki Taki might might have some more Sam work and potentially be uh, an edge guy at times. Uh, that stand-up edge player. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that either. But he's got a great skill set to work with, with the defense they're going to and, and something develop. And if he can figure out those things in coverage and, and be an effective player at that level and still do the things he does in the box and potentially add extra elements as a pass rusher, like that, that becomes a stud player. So again, it is, it's not a competition to see, you know, data versus film. You use it all. And, and the, the, the bottom line is your board at least my board will be comprised of guys who, who, you know, crush it on both, both those things. You know, you, you can, you know, you can sacrifice a little bit on those, on those things for the sake of tape. But when you start making a bunch of exceptions and stuff, then you get yourself in trouble. And the other thing is the exceptions. Look, everybody will take one or two. Some will take two, take one, do that on day three preferably late, where that draft pick, regardless of who it was, maybe didn't have a good spot to make this team anyway. So if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you, you don't gamble early. You just don't, it, 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 at least without making an educated decision on it. One of these prime examples this year is going to be the two LSU linebackers, uh, you know, Queen and Phillips. They're going to be interesting. Everybody right now is all over the Patrick Queen train. But meanwhile, are you riding national championship hype? where he had a really good game that night where Phillips was the more productive linebacker throughout their career. And especially this year, you know, obviously we've already talked about these guys a little bit, you know, and we'll start getting it. We can't wait to get to more to draft talk and look, please get the Super Bowl here quickly. So we can actually start shifting this stuff to draft talk. Combine is not, I think it's about a month away at this point. Um, Want to get there, but obviously with the GM search, in addition to a head coaching search, and still waiting on a defensive coordinator, which is going to take, unless it's not Joe Woods, it's going to take to at least Monday, February 3rd, if not late Sunday, Super Bowl night. And it's weird, obviously, you know, with the Super Bowl being Sunday, it's very quiet right now. Uh, I think a lot of that is due respect, uh, you know, due to the respect of, you know, everything you know, that's going on, obviously, NBA-wise and the whole Kobe Bryant situation. Look, folks, if you can take anything away from it, and, and I'll go to the Jason Williams thing again yesterday on ESPN. Let that shit go. Um, if you look, I've already given you anybody who's been on for the ride of this show, I've given you these examples. You have no idea what tomorrow brings. 
So the last thing you want to do, and this is what I always try to tell my kids is you don't want to go back later in life and say, oh, I wish I would have done this, whether it's with somebody, a repairing a relationship or reaching out, whatever. You can go back later and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And that's fine. But you can't go back and recreate the picture and you can't go back and extend that hand that, oh, I thought I was going to do it. And or this got in the way. That is one thing I, I, I will continue to preach, be the bigger person. And even if it means you got to swallow the pride, whatever, if it truly means that much to you, do it because regrets, you don't want to live with that shit. Pete, what's the latest over at Brown's Maven? Uh, uh, well, I mean, the Barry Hire uh, and then Kareem Hunt stuff. Uh, I'm going to have to do a big thing on Andrew Barry now, uh, which probably won't be read by the people who need to read it, but that's, that's how it goes. Um, and eventually <laughs> I'll get to go back <laughs> to some Cedar Bowl stuff um, since there's still some things that were interesting from that, some players you know, that, that I think – um, based on what I saw there and, and getting to check on some data that are really, really interesting, um, you know, as we start to fill out boards and, and, and those type of things. Again, the two guys that I'll mention just real quick that I, that I think become very interesting for the Browns are Laurel Murchison from NC State, defensive tackle, and then Jim mm-hmm. Crochet, uh, the receiver from, uh, from, from uh, SMU. SMU. Another Yes. Um, you know, he's exciting. Uh, Prochet is definitely exciting. Um, kind of makes the circus grab. Um, you look at him, it would maybe a mix of, uh, you know, Jarvis and an Odell. It's quite interesting. Obviously, you know, we'll see how the whole Higgins things plays out and you never have no idea, you know, what his relationship maybe was with Andrew Berry, all stuff to monitor here. And look, uh, let's just get woods in here, hopefully, and just get back to football. Um, look, this stuff, and I appreciate it, you know, for being along and you guys have been fantastic. I mean, the listenership's been fantastic this month, but we'd rather just talk about the overall game of ball and, you know, draft and putting a team together and roster assemblance. It's what we enjoy doing. Um, but you know, obviously when you're throwing a pitch, you gotta, you know, throw on something, you gotta run with it. And this is kind of where we're all at here now. Um, make sure you're checking out, uh, you know, Pete and everything, obviously over at Browns Maven on Twitter through the SI.com. Um, you're reading Brown stuff over there. It's coming from Pete and his team. Make sure you follow the dude at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. <clears throat> follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open there as well. Uh, anything you guys want to hit me with, I do my I do my best to answer. And you guys know if you guys have good stuff, I want to put it in the show. I'm always looking for ideas. We do you know work that way. Um, didn't get your mock draft Monday this week. Sorry for that. Um, obviously we'll get some draft talk this week. Hell, we may even have fine time to do some mock drafts. There'll be some Super Bowl coverage, but a bunch of other stuff to get to here. Um, gonna get John Costco in here at some point this week. You know, didn't want to have John in without having a full thing in, uh, so we can get in, you know, obviously do some more stuff, loosen things up here. Uh, appreciate you all for being along for the ride for Jeff Lloyd, for Pete Smith. Appreciate everybody who's been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.